What's up, everybody? Welcome to the JKR Podcast. My name is Jay Strigling. I'm going to be your host. Let's get into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. And welcome to this special Friday edition episode of the JKR Podcast. As you guys know, my name is Jay Shrigling and I'm the host. Today is episode number 18 so far of the podcast. We are one episode away from ending out month number three, but today we have Atlanta-based entrepreneur Jared Saavedra on the show. He has started four businesses so far in his life. Three Three include the sports industry. The first one was Athlete Ready in New Mexico. It was a training facility for athletes. He has then went on to start Athlete Ready Global, Saavedra Properties, and just recently started Convoy Sports Management. So if you're someone trying to get into the training side of sports, this is a guy you should listen to. I loved picking his brain here. I wish I had a little bit more knowledge on the training side of sports to ask him more questions, but he's definitely a guy that I love to pick his brain. So if you're trying to get into the training side of sports, give this guy a listen. Um, also give his podcast a listen. It was, it is the Athlete Ready Global Podcast. So look that up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, just give him a listen. I feel like he has a lot of knowledge to share. Follow him all over. He's got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Give him a follow. You'll def- definitely learn some things from him. But with that being said, let's get into today's episode. All right, and welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we've got Jared Saavedra on the call. He is an Atlanta-based trainer and entrepreneur, so I'm glad to have him on. Welcome to the show, Jared. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, when we had that agent agent class together, I was like, he's definitely a dude I want to get on the podcast. So um, just to get started, let's have you introduce yourself, and then we'll get into a few questions, and let's have a great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. So originally from Albuquerque, New Mexico, born and raised undergrad and grad school at the University of New Mexico. So Lobo for life, for sure. Uh, Just recently moved to Atlanta, Georgia, about two years ago to expand our online platform that we have, uh, that my company has for personal trainers and strength conditioning coaches to really host their clients online and grow their online business. Um, You know, grew up around sports my entire life. I had a a kind of a, a career-ending injury, well, really two, uh, tore my ACL, my left ACL my sophomore year of high school, and then I tore my other ACL my senior year, so that kind of cut my career in sports a little bit early. Um, got into strength conditioning probably about four or five years after high school. Got an internship at the University of New Mexico, got to work with some really good strength coaches, and that's kind of where I began my career working with athletes. All right. So um, you operate four businesses right now, but from the looks of it from your Instagram, your social media, looks like Athlete Ready and Athlete Ready Global are the main two. Yes. Uh, so, so those are the ones that I started. Um, so Athlete Ready is a sport performance facility and sport performance company. It's based out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I started that in 2014. And so it's been about seven years. And then Athlete Ready Global is the platform, the online app that we have where we have coaches from all over the country. It's not really local to just New Mexico or Albuquerque. And so, yeah, those are the two ones that I that I uh, began on and kind of focused on initially in my career. 
Okay. So is there an athlete ready place as well in Atlanta as well, or is it just in New Mexico? No. So there, there wasn't. So the idea was to come to Atlanta as well and kind of, you know, build my in-person coaching business to the point where I could open up a facility. Um, but obviously due to COVID and, and other circumstances, it just didn't really come into fruition. And that's kind of where the online, um, the app and coaching kind of just took off. Okay. So could you explain the app a little bit to the listeners? Yeah. So, I mean, originally it was our business model was obviously, you know, coaching and training people remotely. And as my buddy and I, we, you know, we came to Atlanta and we started meeting up with other coaches and trainers that hadn't been in kind of the online training space. And we decided to kind of shift our business model a little bit from, you know, kind of a business to consumer to a, a, a B2B business. So a business to business. So helping other coaches. And it just really took off from there. And so what my job is to do with the platform is, is obviously evolve the platform and add a bunch of, you know, marketing resources and tools to it to help coaches, you know, obviously save them a heck of a lot of time, be able to coach more people and, and really create more freedom for themselves in their career. Yeah. So are you a personal trainer yourself? Um, not anymore. So I'm not, I'm not coaching. I'm not currently coaching or training anyone in person, but yes. Yeah, so I started off when I was 21 in, in a commercial gym. So that was about, you know, 14 years ago. And as I got it more into strength conditioning, working with athletes, um, yes, it kind of shifted to a more performance base as to kind of a, a wellness personal training approach. So yes, I've been a trainer for a really long time, but I'm currently not really coaching anyone in person anymore. I've kind of shifted a little bit in my career and, and, and yeah. Okay. So is athlete ready still running right now in Albuquerque? It is. So three years ago, I brought on a partner uh, to kind of run it and, you know, take it and run with it. And it's someone that I've known, you know, shout out to Roman, uh, someone that I've known for a really long time. I have a lot of trust in, and I've just admired his work. And, you know, we got together, you know, we decided on, you know, what, what we were going to work out. And, you know, I just showed him the vision. He was cool with the vision and he's, he's done great ever since. So he's really taken, taken that over. And so I'm not really in the day-to-day operations anymore. He's the one, he's the, the, the head honcho over there. So. Okay. Um, so what type of, what type of uh, gym is it? Cause I've seen a few videos of you boxing. Is it a boxing gym or is it really just a gym that anyone can go to? It's, it's so what, what it is, it's a, it's a private performance facility. So it's not okay. a, it's not an open gym style. So it's not something that you just have a membership to, and then you go and do your own workout and just kind of go and leave every athlete, every client that we have, they go in there, they have a coach. Um, you know, we, we have a, a one to six coach to athlete ratio. So everyone has a very personalized program and plan. You know, I would say about 80% of our clientele are actually high school athletes, so okay. we get a lot of high school athletes and, and the college athletes coming back, you know, over the summer and over winter break. But, you know, a, a majority of our, our clients are our youth athletes. Okay. Do you have any collegiate athletes who are um, on the client list? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We have a, a ton of them, actually. And they're, I mean, they're right back They're They're right there uh, right now, actually. And, and getting after it for sure, coming back for, for summer breaks. So yeah. a lot of our athletes that, you know, go off to college, they always, they always come back. They've, they've been loyal and day ones really yeah so what get so let's go back into athlete ready global again what gave you the idea of starting that and what was the process from the initial thought to completion yeah so the initial it, it was a problem that we were having when you know another thing when i was in albuquerque i trained a lot of uh, professional mma fighters 
And a lot of the fighters that I would get from different, you know, parts of the world, they would come and train with us and they would spend a camp there, you know, anywhere from six to eight weeks. But then they would go right back to their countries or cities or wherever they were from. And then there's no way for us to, to continue on coaching and training them. And, you know, they bought into our culture. They still wanted to continue to be part of, of what we were doing. So I kind of found an issue there. And so what I was doing to start was I was sending them Microsoft Excel sheets with, you know, different workouts and stuff on there. But I, it started getting more difficult and I was spending a lot more time trying to explain the actual exercise and kind of how the template ran. I was just I was just spending so much time doing that that I, it, it wasn't it wasn't just it wasn't worth it, essentially. So what I did was look for kind of an online platform that I can deliver to the athlete that was easy to use. You know, they were able to, to check out the, the videos that we have. And so over time, it just kind of evolved. You know, I, I used other people's platforms um, and there's some great ones out there. And, you know, over time, I just kind of wanted to evolve my, my own. And so I reached out to a software development company that builds out, you know, customized apps for, you know, strength conditioning coaches. And there's, there was one coach that I, that I truly admire in our industry who hired this team to build out the app and, you know, do all the coding and do all that stuff for him. And, you know, he's done a great job with it. And so it ended up being a, a really good partnership. So um, ever since. And so, yeah. again, you know, going from training people online to, you know, having clients online for me to coach, it kind of turned out to be where I'm actually coaching coaches now and how to build their online business and be able to use our, our software so that they don't have to go and try to, you know, recreate the wheel. They can just kind of focus on their clients, marketing for their, their business and so forth. Yeah. So how many trainers do you have on the list right now who are working with you guys? So we have about 28 coaches now. Okay. And, you know, we just started, you know, this last year and a half, two years. So it, you know, again, it just started with me and my, my buddy who moved with me to, to Atlanta. And, you know, we started getting just gym owners from different places. And, you know, I would say over half of the coaches that I have on there, I, I've never actually met in person. Okay. So, so from are, all over. are any of these guys, some of the guys that Joshua listed in the class that we took? Because there was a few guys that when Joshua was talking about the NFL draft combine and their training, like he brought up some names and you, you knew them right away. So yeah. Like, those guys with you? Yeah, so uh, some of them actually are, are with me. Um, Ed Miller is one of them. He's a, the rack performance here in Atlanta. Um, some of the other ones that I've mentioned aren't using our app, but I, I have a you know great relationship with them. You know, Coach Chip Smith. There's there's several here in Atlanta that are really good uh, strength conditioning coaches that work with a bunch of NFL, NBA players. Um, so yeah, I mean, so we have a great great community. Yeah. So what type of education did you get to become a um? personal trainer back when you were still a trainer yeah so actually and this is kind of one of the misconceptions in our field you know a personal between a, a personal trainer and a strength conditioning coach there's actually like a huge discrepancies between them so uh, you know a personal trainer there's so many different organizations that you can get you know become a cpt a certified personal trainer but some of them you know you can get it over a weekend you know, there's a lot of them that you can just get over a weekend. And as a certified strength conditioning coach, you have to have, you know, you there's some there's some minimum requirements. So you have to have a degree in a, a science related field. And mine is health related science with a concentration in physical education. And so it, just to apply for the test, you have to have the, you know, that minimum requirement. Um, so, yeah. So when I started, I was an undergrad as a personal trainer. 
And as I, you know, graduated with my degree and, and went through grad school, then I became a strength conditioning coach. Okay. So um, I saw that you were tweeting the other day about how these guys, these trainers need to be building their brands as well. So how big was that for you? And how big is that for some of the guys that you have on your lit on um, with athlete ready global? Yeah. I mean, it, it's huge. I mean, I, I believe every coach, every you know, personal trainers should have their own personal brand, whether they're working for it, you know, a gym or, or not, or working for themselves. I think it's super important because you, you truly never know, you know, if you will be at that gym for a long period of time, or if you actually love working at that gym and, and rather have, you know, someone else take, take on the responsibility and their overhead and whatnot, but that you can still have your own, your own thing as well. I think the, those things can definitely coexist. So I'm big on coaches having their own personal brand and being able to put out their content and, you know, get more people to gravitate towards their message and, you know, link with the, the right people. Yeah. So let's transition a little bit to Convoy Sports Management. That's a mm-hmm. new business that you just started. Correct. Um, so is that a company? Well, you just started it. So you're not working for anybody else, correct? Correct. Okay. So what sports do you plan on representing and what's the timeline on this? Have are you like certified to represent guys now or is this something you're working on in the future? So kind of half and half. So this last year, you know, is during, is especially during COVID, I'll give you like a little bit of the backstory. Um, you know, I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, in the next five years, kind of where do I see myself? And, you know, being an agent was something that in grad school that, that I was definitely interested in. But as most people think, hey, you know, I have to be a lawyer in order to be an agent. So it was something that I felt like kind of was out of my reach, you know. And so I definitely had to, to revisit that. And there's been a numerous times where training, especially MMA fighters, where, you know, we've talked about, you know, those types of things. And they have mentioned several times, like, hey, like, if you were, if you were a manager, we'd, like, I would sign with you right now. And it was, you know, working with a female UFC athlete. And, you know, when she told me that, it started getting kind of my, my wheels turning a little bit. Like, you know, yeah, a lot of the conversations that we have are about business, about entrepreneurship, about taxes, about all these other things that I'm super interested in and in helping and in, in impact athletes beyond just their performance, right? And so, you know, I took it kind of upon myself during COVID. It's like, hey, let's, let's, let's reach out. Let's see what else is out there. I'm trying to educate myself as much on the agency management game as I possibly can. And that's where you and I connected with, with Joshua Grady's Academy, which I love, by the way, it was, it was an awesome, um, it was really well put together and I, I really enjoyed it. And so, you know, over time I said, you know what, like I, this is, this is what I see myself doing, um, especially in the near future. And yeah, I have other businesses going on and there's no reason why they all can't really coexist. And there's a lot of dots that I can connect between them all. And so I decided to say, hey, I'm going to start off kind of creating my own thing. And if it comes to a point where, hey, I, I work for someone else or I collaborate with another agency or work under someone else, then that's that's what happens. And yeah. so I actually started the um, the S Corp actually a really long time ago. And so I just I had it just kind of in the back of my mind is like, hey, if like I'm, I'm going to try to reach out to different agencies and kind of see if that there's a possibility for me to fit in somewhere. And just kind of over time, it just didn't really work that way as much. And so I decided like, hey, like I've bet on myself on on other companies and, uh, you know, I'll never shy away from betting on myself. And so, you know, I decided to, hey, I'm just going to just I'm just going to do it. And if I end up, you know, changing it later or if I end up again working for someone else, whatever, then it happens. And so, you know, I looked at kind of the requirements of working with 
obviously NFL athletes. And that's something that I'm currently in the process of doing right now. I actually take my test in the NFLPA agent advisor test in July. So I, I'm going to get to studying for that here pretty shortly. But uh, as far as representing any athletes, I actually currently have one and he's a, a professional MMA fighter. And so, you know, we kind of worked something out, uh, signed together about about a month ago. And so what's kind of unique and interesting with working with MMA athletes is that managers are, they don't have, there's, there's nothing required of them to be a credentialed ma- manager, which is crazy to me. So essentially anyone can be an MMA manager on paper. Okay. So yeah, which is, which is crazy to me. So there's such a low barrier entry, but there's only like really four or five managers out there that are just like completely dominating um, and dominating the game. So again, kind of felt like there's an opportunity, you know, regardless of how many people are in it or not. And so that's kind of what I'm doing and, and what I look forward to doing in, in the near future is representing you know, NFL athletes as well as MMA fighters. Okay. So MMA and NFL will be your two main sports. Yes. Okay. So what type of services are you providing? Would it be all, all around agency or would it be mostly just contract negotiations and stuff like that? So to start, it is going to be about contract negotiations for sure, whether it's their you know, plain or if it is, you know, sponsorship endorsement. Um, obviously, I'm I'm someone who's very resourceful when it comes to things that I'm not good at or don't have a lot of experience in. So that's that's something that I'm not going to have in-house. I'm not going to have an in-house financial advisor or in-house accountant. But I'm going to have, you know, I have those people already, you know, in my community, in my network that I'm, I'm definitely going to be able to point someone in the right direction with someone that I actually trust and that has shown over a long period of time that they do good work and that, you know, they have honesty and integrity. So um, there's just going to be those few things at, at least to start. And yeah, I mean, then we'll kind of go from there and it's going to be kind of just kind of customized and, and based on the athlete's needs and wants. Yeah. So let's say your dream scenario for the next five years for convoy sports management, athlete ready and athlete ready global them three working as a trio what would be your dream five-year scenario for them my dream five-year scenario so i'll give them a shout out now Uh, i I know you've heard of athletes first yes yeah so something very similar to them where they have they have a great agency you know they have a you know pretty reputable name i don't really know anybody you know personally from there but from what i see from afar is they obviously have the, the the business and agency side as well as they provide you know different types of sport performance and you know medical whether you know doctors uh physical therapists all those types of things kind of all in within one network so based on that and based on my interest in in real estate and investing and and stuff like that just trying to tie that all in together where it's what's it's an agency that has different facets to it and different opportunities, you know, really creating just different opportunities for athletes to diversify themselves outside of just playing their sport. So that would be yeah. the most ideal situation for me is to build an agency that has these kind of like wings around it. Okay. That's actually very, very similar to like my business plan that I have set up. But um, let's transition again to Savager Properties. Uh-huh. So is that, was that like a rental business or do you just flip houses or how does all that work? Yes. Yeah, so again, during COVID, it was one of those things where, 
I wanted to, you know, we're stuck in the house, my wife and I, and, you know, we've always wanted to do a, have a business together, you know, something that we've always watched, you know, like most couples do is the HGTV and, you know, Flipper Flop and all these other, all these other shows, right? And it's something that I've always been interested in real estate. My mother is a general contractor back in New Mexico, so I've seen her build houses uh, from the ground up and she's done amazing, amazing work with it. And so her and I, my wife and I, we talked about, hey, like, you know, why don't we get on an investment property and see what, what we can do with it? And so we purchased uh, an investment property in Decatur, Georgia, and decided to, to flip it. And we actually just got under contract not too long ago with it. So we were pretty excited about that. And it was a long, drawn out process. And so this is what we decided that we wanted to do. Um, we took kind of this first investment property as a learning experience and you know trying to put together systems and processes together you know whether you know getting permits or there, there's so much that goes into it um there's so much that goes into it but over time you know she's going to take care of a lot more of the the responsibilities i just wanted to kind of learn the back end first and then over a period of time kind of just like let her do her thing as far as the design and and whatnot so um, that's something that we're continuing on. We know this next week we actually close on another property and that we, that we hope to kind of do the same thing with and just kind of keep, keep doing it, keep building it, uh, building capital and yeah, just expand. Yeah. So you guys are doing a lot of the physical work yourself. No, absolutely not. I, I'm no, zero, no, no, no. Okay. I have zero skills when it comes to that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> zero. So right now it's one house going to about to be two. Yeah, so it's actually it's actually already two. So we have one going on in Albuquerque currently, and it's okay. almost finished up. This one got this one indicator got finished uh, about uh, about five or six weeks ago, and then we're gonna start on our third one right now. And we've made an offer on another one, so we'll see how it all works out. Okay, I was gonna say because I was looking at the Savage Properties Instagram page. Oh, and awesome. I was like, it looked it looked like it was more than one house. Yeah, yeah. So I was just making sure. Yeah, we'll but, have, we'll, um, we'll update that thing for sure. Yeah. All right. But how do you find all the time for all this? I mean, it seems like you have a lot of motivations. I mean, obviously you got four businesses going on. So how do you find all this time? Really, it's time management, man. It really is. And yes, um, you know, it's just a lot of planning ahead of time. It's just just organization, really. Um, you know, I obviously I don't get to spend as much time in each of the businesses as I would like to. But I try my best to when I'm actually spending time on that business that I'm trying to put out like my full um, you know, give it my full attention and effort. So yeah, it's definitely not easy, but I'm all, but I'm also really glad to have the, a good team around me. You know, I have my my team in in Albuquerque with Athlete Ready. I have some amazing individuals that are help helping me out and and you know following through with with Global. And then my wife is is definitely going to be taking over more of the Savedra Properties um, work, and then so that I can kind of focus on on the agency. Okay, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you got a great plan, but um. I've got one last question for you. I'm sure the conversation will go somewhere else. Ask some more questions. <laughs> but um, what's some advice you have for some upcoming entrepreneurs? Upcoming entrepreneurs, probably honestly, the biggest one is is really knowing yourself and knowing knowing your strengths, understanding your weaknesses as, as well. And it, I see it a lot where you know people coming up they they don't know what they actually truly want and 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 to some degree that's okay but a lot of them don't know th themselves and and what situations that they actually can thrive in 
and what situations that they really kind of diminish in. And so I think the biggest step is, is, is knowing yourself and knowing how to be you know, adaptable and, and evolve over time and learning how to pivot, when to pivot. You know, I know Joshua's had, you know, Grady had some, some good insight for, you know, young agents in the field. And it can really go into any field where, you know, yes, you, you come into a certain field and you expect to see all these instant results and it doesn't happen that way. So what are you going to be doing to kind of pivot in that meantime, whether it's finding a second job, whether it's, you know, developing some other kind of side hustle just so that you can continue to fuel yourself and continue with your with your dreams. Right. And, you know, I've heard it many times where, you know, trainers, especially, you know, they come in the field, they announce it on Facebook or whatnot, that they are, you know, taking clients. And then over a short period of time, they they felt that they were just going to get their their books were just going to be full. And it doesn't always happen that way. And it's definitely OK to, again, pick up something else, a side hustle on something else while you're trying to build your, your goals. And, you know, you've probably seen it a bunch of times uh, as far as like Gary V talking about it, where, hey, you know, if you work for a company nine to five and you're not doing anything, you know, when you get home, you're just you're just uninspired, essentially. Yeah. You know, so there's nothing wrong with with having a full time gig and working on your dream. And, you know, it's it's not something that has to be an all or nothing. And it's not something that's just you're just it's going to build it overnight. Nothing, nothing great is is built overnight. Yeah. I mean, I have to 100 percent agree just about knowing yourself. Like, I mean, I don't know if you know this. I don't know if I told you this before in our previous conversation, but I've wanted to be an agent probably since like the seventh or eighth grade. So, I mean, whenever someone would ask me, I mean, that would be my immediate response. But then no one would ever ask me follow up questions. So I really never worried about it. And then like Joshua's class actually opened my eyes about, I really need to know my stuff, like why I'm doing this. And like, like I need to find my why. And that really opened up my eyes and like, it's helped me a lot the past, I don't know, six months. I mean, I feel like starting this podcast, I think I started my own personal website. Like, I think a lot of that came from Joshua's class. Like that opened my eyes a lot, just about knowing myself, knowing the reason why I want to do what I want to do. But no, I just have to 100% agree with you there. Absolutely. And and for one, I got to give you props on having your own podcast. I really, you know, I have my own as well. And I, it's really easy to get interviewed by people, but people don't realize that it's extremely difficult to actually interview others, you know? And, yeah. and for you to kind of step out on, you know, in, into unfamiliar territories and interview somebody and and kind of go based on what they say and try to get as many nuggets and information as you can that you believe that your listeners will will want to hear is actually a lot more difficult than people um, people think. So, yeah, tons of props to you, man. Well, thank you. Like, I mean, I don't really know the the training aspect of sports that great. I wish I knew more like because, I mean, I'm really interested in that that industry as well. But, um, and I just wish I had more questions for you. Cause I mean, I had a list of like 10 questions for you, wish I just knew more that way I could get more in depth answers and more in depth questions for you. Well, we but, could always do it again, man. All right. Well, I mean, I'm always down for that. I mean, may- maybe you can start a class about physical um, athletic training for like for people to fo- follow up on you. Yeah, absolutely. But all right. Well, if there's anything else, um, anything else you want to talk about, um, where can our listeners find you on social media, anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty easy to find. I try to respond to as many people as I possibly can. So Instagram, I'm pretty busy on there. So my uh, name on there is just coach Jared Saavedra. 
you could also find me on Facebook at Jared Saavedra as well. I'm new to Twitter. I'm still getting used to it. Um, but I'm Coach Jared Saavedra, I believe, on there as well. I might have to check that, man. Um, I'm so new that I forgot even what my name is on there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll probably link it in the show notes or what, whatever else. But, yeah, if anybody has any questions, they could also reach me, uh, Jared, at athletereadyglobal.com, and I'll respond. Okay. And then what's your podcast called? I, I might need to give that a listen. It's the Athlete Ready Global Podcast. Okay. All right. Well, I'll have to listen to that next time that I put a podcast on. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate your time, dude. Yeah, I know. I appreciate you coming on. Um, have a great night and look forward to talking to you in the future. Yes, sir. Another great interview today in the books. Jared's definitely a guy. I'd love to pick his brain a little bit more, like I said earlier. But just like Jared said in the interview, there's a good chance he'll be coming back on for season number two. Maybe a little uh, learn a little bit more about the training side of sports. That way I can ask him more in-depth questions, make it better for you guys, the listeners. Um, maybe next time I'll have him on, I'll have you guys come up with a few fan questions. But with that being said, today I wanted to start a little new thing with the podcast. Every once in a while, I want to come up with a little Cubs talk update. Of course, as you guys know, I'm a big baseball guy. But the Cubs is who I follow day in and day out. So that's who I have the most knowledge on. So I'm thinking maybe I'll do this a few every few episodes. Um, right now I'm actually recording a few days early. So it is currently Wednesday, May 26th. Cubs are playing absolutely great right now. We're winning seven out of the past ten games. We're only a game, we're only a half a game back of the St. Louis Cardinals. Thank you to our Southside boys for roughing them up the past few nights. Us uh, beating them two out of three this past weekend. But our bullpen has just been lights out lately. And, I mean, our lineup's also getting pretty hot as well. But our bullpen's looking as good as 2016. I mean, that was pretty evident in the Cardinals series. I mean, did you see Tapera Sunday night? Zero outs, first and second, he comes in, then gets a bad call at third. We can't challenge it because we already lost our challenge. So it's bases loaded, no outs. He comes in, gets out of the inning with no runs. The game tied 0-0. Um, ended up Javi coming up in the 10th, 10th inning with a two-run homer. But just some of the standouts, man, this year's bullpen. We got Chafin, Farmer Boy. We got Tapera. We got Dan Winkler, Dylan Maples, and, of course, Craig Crimble, our all-star closer. Just great bullpen. Man, it's like 2016 all over again. Just like Boog said last night, I mean, when these guys are pitching two-thirds of an inning, one inning, I mean, these guys are able to pitch a little bit better than their skill level just because these sides, these sample sizes are so small. The lineup has also been on fire, even though Contreras and Nico have been a little roughed up lately. Jock's finally proven he's worth that $10 million we gave him to begin the season, getting a little bit back into what he was doing in spring training. Hit two absolute moonshots last night. Also played well in the Cardinals series. Javi's getting that average back up. I mean, of course, he's a home run RBI guy already, but, I mean, he's starting to get that average up. He's about the two, He's about the mid-260s right now. And then just, it's common knowledge that KB is just having an absolute phenomenal year. Comeback year, he's finally having fun again. Wasn't having fun for a few years. But obviously, it's a contract year for him. So, I mean, he's kind of got to prove what he's worth. And with an agent like Scott Boris that he has, you know he's going to be trying to max out on those dollars. But talking about contracts, I mean, we've got KB, we've got Rizzo, we've got Javi Baez. Their contracts are coming up at the end of the year. And because of that, we may actually be the first team that's in contention that actually sells at the trade deadline. And we've got one man to blame for that, Tom Ricketts. Man, I have never been more pissed at someone in baseball other than Mr. Ricketts. He is a money-hungry phenom 
who just wants money. I mean, Wrigley Field is the most expensive place to go in Major League Baseball. We've got our own TV network that only two other teams have. Of course, those are the Yankees and the Dodgers. What do the Yankees and Dodgers have? World Series championships. We have three. Tom Ricketts makes a boatload of money, and he doesn't want to spend it. I mean, did you see the contract offer that we gave Rizzo? It was terrible. We should have two out of those three guys already extended. But no, because of Tom Ricketts, he made Theo leave. He's making Jed make these dumbass moves. It just seems like after 2016, Tom Ricketts just doesn't want to win anymore. He should go ahead and sell the Chicago Cubs. But moving on from that, my dad and I actually talked a little bit about this last night. With the team that we have right now, we can look back at two or three moves that were made the past few years. And without those two or three moves made, we're probably... I mean, we're probably one of the best teams in baseball. The first move would be the U Darvish Caratini trade. I mean, for a while, we won't know who won that trade actually because all the guys that we got back besides Zach Davies are 17, 18 years old. So they won't be in the majors for four or five years. But man, like for a contending team, why trade away your ace who almost won Cy Young the year before, our stud backup catcher who will be able to DH once the uh, DH comes into the National League uh, full time? It's just, man, that was just a terrible trade to make for us this offseason. Move number two would be not re-signing Nick Cassianos. I mean, he wanted to be a Chicago Cub. He loved Wrigley. He was good friends with Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo. But now he leads the le- leads the National League in batting average. I believe he's hitting like three fifty nine. He's also top five in home runs and RBIs. I mean, just imagine a lineup in the middle of the lineup. We have KB, we've got Hap, Rizzo, Javi, Nick Cassianos, Wilson Contreras. I mean, now Jock Peterson. I mean, that's just an awesome lineup to put on top of our bullpen. I mean, that's just one move that I thought for sure there was no way in hell Cassianos was not going to re-sign with us. I mean, the last game of the season when he was in town, he went outside the actual field of Wrigley and just sat in the dugout and just, like, just took it all in. I mean, I thought for sure we were going to re-sign him. But just looking back, like, if we did re-sign him, I believe we're probably, I mean, of course, we'd probably be leading the NL Central and probably probably in contention to win that NL pennant this year. And the third move would be not re-signing Lester and Schwarber. Both those guys wanted to be Cubs for the rest of their careers. I mean, Lester only asked for $3 million this year, and we refused to give it to him. Again, this is a Tom Ricketts move. Just really sucks that Tom Ricketts has become very cheap the past few years. We are so close right now, but the decision will be made very, very soon whether or not we'll be selling or trying to compete because Wilson Contreras just came out the other day saying, try to win or trade me, which is crazy for a guy like him to say. I mean, Wilson has always been a big advocate in being a Cub for life. He basically wants to be the Yachty Molina of Chicago. So I'm looking forward to the decision. Either way, I know I have 100% faith in Jed Hoyer. So whatever way um, we decide to go, I know Jed will do it the best way possible. So just looking forward to that. But that'll be it for today's Cubs Talk update. Make sure to tune in Monday as we've got IU freshman shortstop Tank Espelin coming on to the show. Got quite a bit of playing time this year as a freshman. Probably got the most playing time out of all Indiana University freshmen this year. I will let you guys know when the next Cubs Talk update is. Until then, keep listening and make sure you have a great weekend.